0: It started with his mother and followed with the blood of two sisters. This is a case that many feel could have been prevented with the proper help, but ended in a stomach-churning tragedy. Today we cover Japan's youngest murderer to be hung, Yukio Yamaji. Hi guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host Lulu, and today we're going to cover Japan's youngest murderer to be hunk. So I just want to give everybody a heads up. I am terrible at English as it is, and that is my only language that I know. And since this is a case that happened in Japan, a lot of the names are really funky. I honestly looked up Google Translate and try to see how it is pronounced in English um, and that's kind of what I'm going off of but I'm just giving you a warning I'm probably going to butcher a lot of the names of people and places in this so like just don't come after me for that because <laughs> morning you now I suck at him the story of Yukio Yamaji starts in the city of Yamaguchi in Japan he grew up as an only child with just his two parents. And their family got even smaller when Yukio was in elementary school. His father ended up passing away from cirrhosis. That was a side effect from his alcoholism in January of 1995. The family was already living in poverty and his father passing away made that poverty much, much worse. Afterwards, yu really tried to keep his grades up but he was never a very good student and with the stress of his father passing away, it just got even worse. He enjoyed keeping to himself and would hardly talk to others, especially women. They made him really uncomfortable and he just couldn't really get the confidence to go and speak to them. And because of his very shyness towards others in school... It left him not having very many friends. Um, He didn't really have people to surround himself with to talk to about any of this. And he really had to deal with a lot of this alone. And this would often cause him to act out very violently. Which also was not helping his loneliness. Because nobody really wanted to be friends with, you know, the weird shy kid who gets violent when he's uncomfortable or scared or nervous or anything like that. They actually have recorded cases of him smashing windows in one of his outrage during school time. And because he had no friends, he had a very high lack of motivation, he did not enjoy going to school, and he would often just not show up. And this got worse after his father passed away, leading him to really skip a lot of school and leaving him even more lonely in the long run. And once he graduated junior high, he decided that he wanted to move straight into the working force and did not want to continue on to high school. And so that's what he did, never really getting his high school diploma and finishing junior high school with no friends. When he began working, he started with delivering newspapers around town. And after work, when he wasn't, you know, delivering newspapers, he would spend most of his free time loitering around a toy store. In one of these trips that he just hung out around the toy store, he stumbled across a woman in her 20s, and he fell head over heels for her. Now remember, he did not go on to high school. He only graduated junior high, so he was very, very young when he met this 20-year-old woman. And their relationship quickly turned intimate. I'm not sure if at the time she realized how young he was, and then... When the relationship started moving forwards, she realized it later and chose to continue on with it, if that makes any sense. Um, but still, like, he was very young, underage, and she was 20, so it was illegal. But it did seem as though once the woman either found out he was a teenager or really thought on this relationship if she knew in the beginning of this relationship that she did not want to continue to see him because he was so young so she decided it would be best to cut the relationship off at that point but Yukio did not feel the same way. Yukio wanted to continue to see her because he just felt so far in love with this woman that he just couldn't leave her. But even after this breakup, Yukio and this woman still kept in contact, it seems. And Yukio's mother at this point began to notice little things about their interactions together. And she decided one day that she was going to call this woman and really get to the bottom of what was going on. Because Yukio had never told his mother. That he was dating her or anything like that, she just kind of started seeing this woman coming and going and seeing a lot of really weird things that, you know, friends would not be doing together. And obviously, she was concerned because Yukio was only a teenager and this woman was an adult. So, obviously, after his father's passing, Yukio and his mother's relationship had become a little strained. Especially with them falling farther into poverty because his father was no longer around to help pay those bills. So Yukio's mother would often approach him and ask him for money because he did have a job and he would give her this money. But she would never tell him what she was spending the money on or what the money was for. And as time went on and his mother just continued to ask for money and never tell him where it was going... And for Yukio to see that their situation really wasn't getting any better, so that money probably wasn't going in anywhere important, he began to grow very angry towards his mother. And he continued to sustain her accumulating debt, which just made his anger and frustration even more. And then once he found out about those phone calls that his mother was making to the woman he was in love with, get down to the bottom of it and probably essentially warn the woman that Yukio is underaged and this woman is an adult, he got even madder and that was the one thing that sent him over the edge. I know we're kind of jumping right into the story in this episode, but there's really not a lot I could find about his childhood and him growing up. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that this is a Japan case. And so where I am located, it's very difficult to find these articles and things like that to read on. So I know it kind of is moving fast at the beginning and I do apologize if if that's a little much for you. I know some people like that and then some people just don't. But anyways, because he was so mad at his mother, he ended up grabbing an aluminum baseball bat that was located inside of their apartment and decided he was going to take his anger out on his mother. He began beating this poor woman on her head over and over and over. During the first hit, he ended up breaking some glass all over the apartment that they shared and she tried to desperately steady herself. She ended up walking on the shards of glass Yukio kept beating her, and when he was asked by the authorities, he could not recall how many times he hit her, or how long the attack had lasted. Yukio was seeing red, so much to the point that he doesn't even really know how long it lasted, and when they looked over the body of his mother, after the attack was over and she had passed, they discovered that she had sustained multiple rib fractures, and her face was indistinguishable, along with the fact that she did have those glass of shards in her feet. So, on July 29th, 2000, at the age of 16, Yukio had committed his first murder. And a few days after he had murdered his mother, he ended up inviting the woman that he loved over to his house for lunch. During that lunch visit, The woman happened to stumble across the body of Yukio's mother and she convinced Yukio to call the police and turn himself in on July 31st, 2000. Which means he had spent two days in that apartment with his mother's dead body, just living his life normally. And when their investigation first opened and the authorities began to investigate and look around. They couldn't figure out why Yukio would beat his mother to death. They tried to link his tough childhood and the fact that he lived in poverty and his father passed away at so young to why he did it. But I know a lot of people with a lot rougher childhoods who would have never committed any sort of murder or done anything like that. I feel like they were desperately just trying to pull at strings to try to find some sort of reason. When there wasn't a reason, and Yukio just was sick and not in his right mind. And during his questioning, he said a lot of weird things. One of those things was, quote-unquote, it could not be helped. She did not tell me what she would use her borrowed money for. And then after he admitted to the murder multiple times, they decided they were going to send him to the family court where his lawyers claimed that he could be rehabilitated. And he was so young that they should just give him another chance. He was only 16 at the time. They had agreed with his lawyer and thought that even though Yukio showed absolutely no remorse during the whole court session and lived with his mother's dead body for two days, because he was a minor, because it was his first offense, and because he had confessed to the killings, he could be Rehabilitated. So they sent him to a reform center with other troubled minors. And in October of 2003, they found him mentally repaired. Literally three years after he murdered his mother, they deemed him mentally stable enough to be released and they granted him parole. He was officially released in March of 2004. Once he was released, he went straight to live with his grandmother. But he quickly left because he wanted to find that woman that he had fallen head over heels with. But despite his attempts, he couldn't seem to get into contact with her again. If you think about it, he had been gone for three years. And if I was that woman and somebody I was seeing went and murdered somebody and then got sent to a reform school or into jail... I wouldn't wait around, in my opinion. I feel like that's really weird of him to feel like that this woman would've put her life on hold for him. But I think that's why he couldn't find her, because she didn't put her life on hold. She moved on and did her own thing and probably met somebody new and maybe even moved. So because he could not find her, he decided to move to a different city. But he would actually regularly visit his hometown just to try to catch this woman and see her again but he really never did see her again and it's probably for the best for that woman in this new town that he had moved to he quickly found a job at a gambling center because he did not have his high school diploma so there was a lot of things that he couldn't do and once working there he began to steal coins from the other gamblers and because somehow Thieves always find other thieves. He found some people that would travel all around Japan to various gambling centers and they would steal. And he decided to join them. A few of the people he would travel with would begin to complain about Yukio almost right off the bat. They would talk about his constant shyness towards women and how they would take him to multiple hostess clubs and he would just sit there silently And if you didn't know, a hostess club is a place where men will go to drink and socialize with the women who work there and pour the drinks for the men. They'll sit and talk to them. And even at a socializing event that is literally created to talk to women, Yukio would not be able to gain the courage to talk to these women. And listening to his shyness about women really makes me wonder how he ended up meeting and speaking to this woman that he fell head over heels with and having a relationship with her if he can't seem to talk to women. Maybe she approached him first and it made it easier. I'm not really sure, but I just feel like that is a very interesting thing to think about that he would talk to this other woman that he loved and had a relationship with her, but he couldn't seem to do it towards the others. And let's be honest, these people were not really his friends. They were just all hanging out and stealing together. And they really didn't give Yukio any sort of support system to rely on and talk to when he needed. So here we are again with Yukio and his loneliness. With his lack of being able to speak to people and create any sort of relationship, not necessarily a sexual one, but even a friendship one, is really putting a strain on him and because of this it caused his frustration to grow and he started beginning to think about years prior and about how he took this frustration out on his mother and how good it had felt finally yukio decided to leave this gang of thieves and ended up moving to an area of osaka in a set of condos and while living there Yukio was then captivated by the beauty of these two sisters that lived there alongside him, Asuka and Chihiro Uhara. Asuka looked very similar to the woman that Yukio used to date, and so he began following her around these units until he discovered which one she lived in, obviously with her sister. Soon after, he began messing with things around their home, like their power unit, which ended up causing a power outage because he was trying to figure out how to cut the power, how to, you know, get in there and do what he wanted to do without getting caught. This is premeditation, you guys. I know a lot of people have their theories about this and talk about how he just is mentally ill, but this is premeditation and finally, because Yukio had stalked them and messed with their power so many times, he decided he was going to break into the sisters' apartment for the first time on November 16th. And with nobody home at the time, he was able to get a better idea of who I was living there to make sure that it was just the two sisters, and if he could really carry out these future plans. I am unsure if he left and then broke back in the next day or if he resided in the apartments until the women came home that next day. But nonetheless, the next day, Asuka returned home and that's when he ambushed her. He then waited until Chihiro came home, knowing they were the only two that lived there at this point, and ended up attacking her as well. He used a knife to stab both women in their faces and chest. Afterwards, he sexually assaulted both of them, taking his years of frustration out on them. Firefighters ended up being called to their apartment because of a fire that mysteriously was set. And that's where they discovered the bodies of both women. Now, this fire did not cover up much, and they could tell right away that this was a homicide that had taken place with an attempted cover up. And because of Yukio's past and the fact that he lived in the exact same condos as these women, the police turned straight to him. And on December 5th, 2005, they brought him in for questioning. And he immediately took responsibility for murdering the two women. He is quoted in telling authorities quote unquote, I cannot forget the feeling I felt when I killed my mother, and I wanted to see blood. When asked about the attacks, he is also quoted in saying, quote unquote, when I pulled the knife out of one sister's chest, I saw her lean back, and my excitement became extreme, and I got a complete erection. I cut her hand with a knife to increase my sexual arousal. I stabbed her right breast with a knife. Then When asked why he killed the innocent girls that he'd literally never even spoken to, his response was, quote unquote, the reason I killed them was because I had a lot of fun and I could not forget when I killed my mother a long time ago. So I decided to kill again and kill them. The target could have been anybody, not just these two. He also decided to report to the police that he had ejaculated on the women when he murdered them And remembered the same thing happening when he murdered his own mother, which I think is disgusting. I think murdering for a sexual pleasure like that anyways is just disgusting. But the fact that he could murder his mother and ejaculate is just, I just, that's really, mm, no, no, no. He then told police that after the murder, he decided to smoke a cigarette on their balcony. He then stole 5,000 yen that was sitting in the apartment, which is about 50 U.S. dollars, and took Oscar's favorite lighter, which is what he used to light the apartment on fire. And using his directions he gave the authorities, they managed to find a makeshift shrine that had the knife he used to murder the women on. And his trial was not a hard one at all. They had a ton of evidence against him. He had already confessed. He'd given them information they needed to find the murder weapon, and he still had Asuka's lighter with him. So they were easily able to connect him to the fire in the apartment and the murders. He shared more comments that gave us a little bit more insight in his mindset. And he would say things like how killing humans is the same as breaking something, which is also a very weird statement. He also informed the courts that if he was released again, he would kill again. And he actually asked for the death penalty. He ended up pleading guilty on May of 2006. In the end, on December 13th, 2006, he was charged with the double homicide of the sisters. They classified it as a lust murder and noted that he showed no remorse for the woman. He ended up sealing his fate when he asked for the death penalty. His defense team had planned on appealing it, but ended up giving up on that idea because of Yukio's reaction to the idea. They tried their hardest to get him the smallest charge possible, claiming things like how he couldn't tell them right from wrong. They even called him in for a psych evaluation to try and prove their point. But even though the psych evaluation came back to prove that he had Asperger's, the judge still chose to pursue the trial, stating how he thought Yukio was competent enough. His lawyers were upset that they couldn't find any remorse in Yukio. He didn't show a care in the world about the three people he had murdered, and even admitted that he would do it again if he got the chance. During the last meeting between Yukio and his lawyer, his lawyer is stated in saying that he had lost a lot of weight and was begging to be executed as soon as possible. Prison life just didn't suit him. He was led alone to be executed on July 28th of 2009. He had no friends or family attending. The only company he had was Hiroshi Miyu another Japanese serial killer who was also set to be hung that day. This case is very interesting to me, that somebody as young as 16 can start killing and be able to literally just tell everybody, oh yeah, that was me, and not feel any remorse. And I have family that has Asperger's, and so I do see some of this in them, some of that... Lack of remorse and being able to see and feel feelings for other people. But this is a whole different level, especially because if you think about it, Yukio understood what he was doing. He planned things, besides his mother's murder, in advance. He planned that murder of those two sisters in advance. And he honestly was probably thinking about it the entire time that he was in that reform school. And Murdering his mother, yes, was a stepping stone because it let him realize that he liked that release in that way of like that frustration. But he knew what he did was wrong and he planned it. Which says to me that, yes, I agree with that judge. He is perfectly able to stand trial and get a sentence. I also thought it was interesting, but I do understand that his grandmother didn't attend. Now, I'm not sure if she was alive at the time. I guess I'm just assuming she was because I really didn't get any information that talked about her dying. Um, if she chose not to attend, I also get that because Yukio had murdered his mother and then proceeded to murder two other people. So I do not blame her if she is alive for, or was alive for not wanting to attend his execution. Now, these poor sisters should not have been murdered. Neither should his mother. Nobody should have been murdered in this case. His mother was probably, yes, making some bad choices with asking her son for money. I get that. But there's a lot of other ways that that could have been handled. And she should not have gotten a baseball bat to the head. That is just heartbreaking. And these poor women, the fact that they only got murdered because... One of the sisters looked like his ex-girlfriend is also heartbreaking. They literally had no control over that. They were at that condo before he was. He just showed up and killed them. And I just I think that is so sad that these two women had their lives just stripped from them because of somebody who could not process his own emotions and decided to not go get help to learn how to process them. Yukio started killing at 16. Even though he knew it was wrong and turned himself in the first time, he could never seem to forget that first kill. And finally, his obsessions pushed him over the edge and he killed two others. At the age of 25, he held the record of being the youngest murderer to hang in Japan since 1972. And he still holds that record to this day. There may be false or misleading information throughout this podcast. All facts have been researched to the best of my abilities, but accidents do happen. If this is a story you are interested in knowing more about, I highly recommend doing your own research. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.